0: Well, 82 games, 5 playoff games, a whole bunch of podcasts, but it's all over. The Clippers' 22-23 season has finished. And in this episode, going to be talking about what went wrong in Game 5, what ultimately went wrong in the season and the series, and some interesting quotes from Ty Lue and Russell Westbrook after the game Going to be talking about it all on today's Locked On Clippers. You are Locked On Clippers, your daily Los Angeles Clippers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, sir, you are locking in with the Clips. Thank you for making Locked On Clippers the first listen of your day, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. If you want last minute tickets, they are not going to be as stressful to find if you have the Game Time app. My name is Darren Vaziri. I've been a Clipper fan for now a completed 18 years from the 05 season to the 2022 23 season and counting. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Dime Dropper Pod and subscribe to my own YouTube channel, Dime Dropper, where I've done three straight, now completed seasons of Clipper content on there. And of course, Locked On Clippers is free and available on all your favorite podcasting platforms, including YouTube. And I want you to comment what direction do the Clippers go in now, in your opinion, in the offseason? What do you want to see happen to the team? I know there's going to be a whole lot of responses, long responses. I will try my best to read all of them. But in this episode, I'm going to be talking about what went wrong in this particular game, the series, and looking at some of the quotes after the game from Russell Westbrook, from Ty Lue, and what they mean. And there is so much to say. There's so much to get into, so much to reflect on. But we've got all summer to do that. And you'll have it covered right here unlocked on Clippers with me, as usual, I mean, before I even get into the game, I just want to say how hard this is. I think that you guys have been able to tell, you know, this being my first season doing this, how much I care about this team, how I still consider myself a fan, not a media member or anything like that. I just love this team. As I said, I've been supporting them for 18 years, watching the games from the top row of Section 318. And, you know, now I've had so many different experiences over the years with different renditions of the team. And every single year, so much of my happiness from a night to night is based on whether they win or lose. And, I mean, it's very safe to say, without a shadow of a doubt, in my 18 years as a fan, that this was the most disappointing one. The one that I had the best, the highest expectation for and was let down. Because I believed in this coach. I believed in this core I believe that after injury luck hadn't gone our way two straight years that maybe this year probably it would finally go our way. And it just seemed like nothing did. It was it was just a train wreck from start to finish and you know I tried my best to try to put a positive spin on it on Locked On Clippers here as opposed to my own personal account of dime dropper because you know I know that there are more die hard clipper fans listening to this show and I don't want to be all doom and gloom. I obviously want to have some hope. But I knew from the first couple of weeks of this season that this is not what a championship team looks like. And health matters. You know, you need luck on your side to win chips. And that's the one element that the Clippers have never seemed to have is that luck element. But it's not like Paul George and Kawhi Leonard didn't have injury history when they came to the Clippers. So I want to put that out there as well. It's not just the Clipper luck. But let's get into this game, the last game of the Clipper season, game five, and one thing you just can't dispute at all is that this Clipper team left it all out on the floor in the playoffs. Every single game they played hard, and you got a good performance from just about every Clipper that played in the rotation in this game, except for two guys in particular for me, Russell Westbrook and Eric Gordon. And... Russell Westbrook. I don't think you were you got a very good second half for Marcus Morris and Bones Highland. I said my first big key to the game in the preview was Norman Powell, Russell Westbrook, and Eric Gordon having great games offensively. Russell Westbrook finally had a bad game, couldn't make shots. They were giving him the jumper. It wasn't falling for him. They were trying to you know flood the box, crowd the paint, make him see multiple bodies when he drove. And their their help was well-timed, and he did find guys for open shots, but they did a good job of making his life tough, collapsing at the right times. He still had eight assists, but they went along with five turnovers. So Russ, you know, four great games, one bad game. It is what it is. You knew it was coming. He was still by far the best clipper in the series. Norman Powell, on the other hand, he came to play. He had the bounce back game that I, we needed him to have. 27 points on 8 for 17 shooting, 3 for 7 from deep. And mind you, this Clipper team dropped 70 points in the first half. They were up 70 to 61 in, at halftime. Bones, Highland, Mason, Plumley, and Terrence Mann, they brought a huge lift off the bench offensively, their tenacity, their defense. And the two guys, you know, I ended this the episode with that had to play well were the centers Zubats and Plumley, and I thought Zu scoring six points in the first quarter you already knew from his body language I could see from the way he guarded Aiton on the first post up you know swiping at the ball being physical I knew that this was the Ivica Zubats that we've grown to love here in Clipper Nation he was locked in Mason Plumlee was just unreal the way he was finishing the way he was rebounding the way he was passing the way he was playing defense in this game hedging the screens in the first half not letting guys turn the corner but the second half was different and you just knew that the third quarter was going to be the push for the Suns that's the quarter that they've had so much success in so far in this series or in this series I should say now that it's over but What the Clippers were doing really well in the first half was they were killing on the offensive glass. Everybody was attacking the boards, and they had like 23 second chance points or something ridiculous. It was just the effort. I think the Suns came out pretty complacent. But then it was the same story in the third quarter. And I I really got to tip my cap. Devin Booker. What he was able to do in this series was, you know, absolutely unreal. I don't know if in all my years as a Clipper fan I can remember a single player lighting us up the way Devin Booker did in this series. As good as Jokic was in the bubble, as good as Murray was in the bubble, I haven't seen a guy that I can remember that had a great game, and or a good game in basically every single game of the series. Four great games. The only one you could say wasn't great was game one, and he still shot about 50%. I mean, the guy... You know, yeah, you can say what you want about the whistle that the Suns got in the series, but I think the Clippers got a better whistle in game five. I think they finally started to show a little bit of favoritism towards us. No excuses about the officiating for me. I mean, it hurt in game three, but the biggest reason the Clippers lost had nothing to do with officiating. At the end of the day, they had the two best players on the court when Kawhi went down, and Devin Booker was the best player in the series, and you can argue he's been the best player in the playoffs. His shot-making ability, you know, when he had it going, there was nothing we could do except for a hard double. When you've got KD on one of those wings, I mean, it's very difficult to deal with that. Devin Booker's shot-making from three to the basket, I mean, nobody could guard him. And the fact that he just... You know, he made all his open shots. It's just he didn't have any bad games. And in the third quarter, he turned up. And after that, it felt like the Clippers just lost all their composure. Everything they did well in the first half stopped happening. They stopped communicating. Their point of attack defense was weak. They were flustered. And the Suns hung 50 points on us in the third quarter. 50. Crowd gone into it. It was bad. 50-24 to in favor of Phoenix in the third but the thing is, the Clippers still had one fight left in them. In the fourth quarter, they outscored Phoenix 36-25. to They made a push. And finally, we got the performance from Nico Batum. It only took five games, but he was absolutely lights out from deep. His defense was incredible. He was active on the offensive glass as well. With a putback in the first half. He had 19 points and 6 rebounds to go along with 2 steals on 7-for-10 shooting and 5-for-8 from deep. In this game, the Clippers still didn't have a 45-plus percent shooting game from 3. They shot 13-for-36 from deep. That's 36%. Nico hit 5 of the 13. But Marcus Morris, who actually I thought played decently in the first half, was making some shots. A couple turnarounds over the right shoulder. Played decent defense on some guys, but in the second half, same as normal. He just looked cooked. Bones Highland was missing shots. We needed some big buckets from him. He was good in the first half, but he went cold. Had nine points in the game on four for 13 shooting and one for four from deep. But Mason Plumley, you know, Norman Powell, these guys kept us in it. Nico Batum, and we got the game down to two. I believe it was 128 to one thirty. And Russ, you know, he drove to the basket 100 miles per hour and missed a pretty clear-cut look at a layup. Devin Booker came down and hit a mid-range on the other end. And then, you know, I think we had a chance to take the lead with a wide-open three for Batum that Russ created. He didn't make it. Norman Powell then lost the ball a couple possessions later, and the Suns took advantage, and that was basically it. Uh, I think Russell Westbrook was a little bit out of control in this game. I think that he didn't know when to relax. He tried to shoot himself back in a rhythm, and we saw that in game one, and this time he didn't have Kawhi there to help him. And his defense wasn't as good as in the first four games, in my opinion. He had a bad game. It is what it is. He tried really hard, though. It wasn't for lack of trying, but he had one bad game out of five. Sue him. You know what I'm saying? Like, he was still incredible in the series, as I said. By far the best Clipper player. But we needed basically perfection to win this game, as I said. We got the production from the bigs. We got Norman Powell. We shot the ball pretty well from three, but not insanely well from three. I think we needed a little bit better. And then, but we didn't get Russ, and we did not get Eric Gordon, who I thought was just overall a pretty big disappointment uh, in the series. One for four from the field for him, three points. He tried his best on KD, but KD also got in on the act second half. Again, it was another quieter half from Kevin, and then he started going off. And the Suns just, they proved to have the two best players in the series, and it's hard to win playoff series like that. Um, not everybody can be Dirk in 2011, but, you know, that's actually harsh, too, because Dirk outperformed LeBron in that series, so I'm not even going to go that far, but LeBron and Wade were the two best players in the series, and they lost. In this case, the Suns are the two best players in the series because Kawhi was not playing, and they got the job done. You can argue uh, Russ played better than KD, though, overall in the series, but you can debate that. At the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. It doesn't really matter because... They have the two best players objectively. I love Westbrook, but he's not better than Durant. And the Clippers just couldn't hang in the end. When they turned up, we just didn't have the offense. um, And nor the defense to really stop those guys. Kawhi going out and not playing really hurt the defense too, but... That's it. The Clippers lose 136-130, to and the series is over in five games, quicker than we all expected. Why did the series end quicker than expected? Well, I think all you guys know the answer. We're going to be delving deeper into it coming up. But before I do that, i got to tell you about the Ultimate Pro Basketball GM app. It's the coolest game I've played in a while. I've always thought I would be a decent president of basketball operations, maybe have a say in what the Clippers could do this offseason. But it's really not that easy. There's so much that goes on behind the scenes. And if you've had the same thought and you want to give it a shot— then download the Ultimate Pro Basketball GM app right now. The game allows you to manage every strategic aspect of a franchise, playing through seasons and leading your franchise and fans to glory as you build a historic dynasty. And in the simulation, you're responsible for dealing with challenging personalities, hiring the great coaches and assistants, trading and training players, making draft picks, drafting the next big thing or the next bust, navigating your franchise through free agency and all that good stuff. Locked on Clippers listeners, get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo code locked on in the game store. So make sure to check it out. To download the game, just visit probasketballgm.com, scan the code, or look it up on the App Store. That's probasketballgm.com. Ultimate Basketball GM. Start your dynasty today. Groceries, school shopping, and getting a little something for yourself? You know you're already doing it, so why not get cash back for it? with ibotta you can earn cash back on every shopping trip ibotta gives you cash back on hundreds of grocery items from produce to personal care to pantry goods either link your loyalty account or upload your receipt after you shop and get your cash back it's that easy the average ibotta user earns 120 dollars a year in real cash back that could cover the cost of an entire shopping trip or you can use your cash back to buy that flight you've been eyeing, that game you've been dying to go to, or the fancy dinner you've been craving. Right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 just for trying Ibotta by using the code LOCKED when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app and use the code LOCKED. That's I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play or App Store and use code LOCKED on. Thanks for making Locked On Clippers your first listen every day. Every day or tomorrow on the show, we will go in even more depth about the Clippers season and what went so horribly wrong, so much to get to. But let's continue talking about why the Clippers just lost this series. It's not rocket science. Yet again, against the Phoenix Suns, the Clippers lost this series because their stars weren't on the court. Mainly Kawhi Leonard. 1-1 One one going back to LA. Kawhi's playing like the best player in the series, which is the toughest part to stomach about all this, is he was out playing Booker and KD. And we didn't even get to see him for one home game in front of a Clipper sold out crowd. We still, four years into the experiment, have yet to see Kawhi Leonard play in front of a sold out Clipper crowd in a playoff game. That's sad for him. That's sad for the fans. I don't think he really cares much, though. I think he he's one of those guys that He's okay with playing games without any fans watching. But it sucks for the fans, you know? I haven't gotten to see it. And I want, obviously, it was my dream to see Kawhi in big moments when we first got him in big playoff games. And, you know, luck just hasn't been on our side, and the health just hasn't been on our side. But the main reason the Clippers lost is because of that. You just can't replace that kind of top end talent. And in the playoffs, it really all comes down to the stars in the end. The role players got to help the others as Shaq calls it, have to be there for him, for them, but it's a stars league, it's a stars game and in basketball, of all the team sports, the one individual makes such a huge difference. That's why we're so critical about individuals winning or losing as opposed to other sports like soccer or football or even baseball where there's so many guys on the court or on the field or whatever on the, you know, but for basketball, you put Kevin Durant on the Suns, they go from a team that seems like they've hit their ceiling to now a championship contender overnight. You go from the Clippers can win the series with Kawhi to now they got no shot because they don't have Kawhi and Paul George. So it just shows how much one guy in basketball matters. But just it was so hard to win the series without Kawhi or to win a game without Kawhi because you needed more than just Westbrook going off, you also needed a closer. And, you know, role players are not consistent. That's why they're role players. Now, you need the most consistent role players you can get, but especially in terms of shooting and three-point shooting and the variance of it in today's game, you're not always going to get good shooting nights, and the Clippers needed pretty great offensive games to outscore this Suns team, as solid of defense as they played, without two of their best defenders in Paul Jordan and Kawhi. Their effort level was super high, and their attention to detail was pretty good. It just wasn't a great series in terms of matchups for Zoo. And Mason Plumlee is not a great defensive big, even though he was much better in Game 5. The fact that Norman Powell, Eric Gordon, Russell Westbrook held their own relatively for this series to make the games competitive, even against two of the best scorers in the NBA, just shows how hard they worked. But it's just it was an uphill battle. You just couldn't stop them. And then when they wanted to take over... As I said, having the two best players in the court, us not having Kawhi, it was too much to overcome. So overall, yes, that's why the Clippers lost the series, you know. I think there's other things you can point to in specific games, but there's no real theme in terms of, yeah, you can say some of the role players underachieved, absolutely. But even if they did play their best, the Clippers may be able to extend the series. But are they winning the series without Kawhi and Paul George? I don't think so. It's really tough. It's very tough. But coming up, gonna be talking, looking at some of the post-game quotes. We got some interesting ones. Gonna be breaking them down. Ty Lue talking about his future next season. Russell Westbrook also talking about his experience as a Clipper. But before I do that, I gotta tell you about the game time app. If you were thinking about buying tickets to a big event, whether it be sports, music, comedy, theater. Well, then you got to check out the GameTime app. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll actually have at the event. Forget planning months in advance. GameTime has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. The GameTime guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and roll for less, GameTime will credit you 110% of the difference. Snag the tickets without the stress with GameTime. Just download the GameTime app, create an account, and use the code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem the code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Nissan's Most Electric Player of the Week is brought to you by the all-new All-Electric 2023 Nissan Aria. And Nissan's Most Electric Player of the Week, I'm going to go with... Norman Powell. I think games three and five, he was so good. So I'm gonna go with him. And something about Norm, he's electric. He gets to the rim with such force. He's got those big sh- shoulders that when he gets to his when he gets to his right, puts his shoulder into you. You're done. Brilliantly fierce, just like the Nissan Aria. And the thing about the Nissan Aria is it delivers on duality a combination of fierceness and elegance, beautiful and strong, just like Norman Powell, who would have won the sixth man of the year if not for an injury, in my opinion. But it's the perfect SUV crossover. The 2023 Nissan Aria packs pin you to your seat power and premium intelligence all in one EV. The all-new, all-electric 2023 Nissan Aria, the EV for people who love to drive. Shop now at NissanUSA.com. All right, let's take a look before we get into some of these quotes at the box score for the Clips. 17 offensive rebounds to 11 for the Suns. And by the way, Suns got a good amount of them in the second half. Felt like they really woke up and everything just went wrong for the Clippers and stretches of this game, particularly in that third quarter. But a nine-man rotation, again, no Robert Covington. We did not see the Clippers go small. We did see them try to switch everything, though, with Mason Plumlee switching on a guys and actually holding his own, weirdly. But we did not go see a small... You know, Clipper team, and obviously without Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, Tyloo said he was not as willing to do that throughout the course of the season. But we did have Robert Covington, but it was very clear throughout this season that Tyloo wasn't very high on him. And I talked about the whole tug of war between him and the front office. And yeah, it just let's just leave it at the fact that Tyloo did not see the value in Robert Covington as much as maybe some people in the front office did. Let's let's leave it at that. Bone Thailand had 15 uh, minutes in the game. He had nine points on four for 13 shooting and one for four from deep. Thought he was good in the first half, but second half, we just needed him to make more shots. Terrence Mann. We saw him only play twenty-seven minutes, so we did not get the thirty-five-plus-minute game that I wanted from him. He was plus eleven, though, the best of any Clippers. Shocking. Was playing tough defense, getting into guys. Ten points, five rebounds on four for nine shooting and two for six from deep. He had a couple of good looks at three that you wish he could have made, but he did hit a big one later in the fourth quarter. Mason Plumlee. I thought he was phenomenal. Twenty and ten. 20 and 10, seven offensive rebounds and 6 for 7 from the field, 8 for 9 from the line in just 24 minutes of play. I mean, the guy was just stellar. Just absolutely stellar. Marcus Morris 12 points, five boards on 5 for 11 shooting, 1 for 4 from deep. If it's a Zubac, I thought he had a pretty solid performance as well. Obviously in the second half we went for more of a Mason Plumley approach. But Ivica Zubat, 16 points and 10 rebounds. So both of our centers got double-doubles in their last games of the season. You love to see that. Eric Gordon only played 21 minutes, three points on one-for-four shooting, as I said earlier. And Russell Westbrook, 14 points, eight rebounds, eight assists, five turnovers, three for 18 from the field, though. One for six from deep in 39 minutes. Just a tough shooting night for Russ. And then Nico Batum, 19 and 6 on 7 for 10 shooting and 5 for 8 from deep. Devin Booker, man. 31 for Kevin Durant on 10 for 19 shooting, but Booker. 47 points and 10 assists to go along with 8 rebounds on 19 for 27 from the field and 4 for 7 from deep. We actually kept Torrey Craig in check. Only 17 minutes played for him. But Devin Booker just, like, not having one bad game was insane. Like, just four great games. I mean, 19 for 27 is crazy. And the shots that he takes, like, he makes tough shots. And, like, for the, the people that think that, you know, he's only doing it because Kevin Durant is playing with him, we switched Russell Westbrook, who was our best defender in this series, on to Booker in this game and in the last game because, you know, that was a sign of respect because he was co- torching the Clippers. But... You got to just tap, you know, as I said, you got to tip your cap to him. But some interesting quotes after the game. Ty Lue said that he plans on being back to coach the Clippers next season. Now that's pretty big, considering everything that we've heard about him in the front office and that report earlier in the season that Ty Lue might you know walk away this summer. You know, I think that he's saying, you know, he wants a chance again with this group of players. And I think that he's genuinely disappointed with the way that it ended. Um, But I think at the end of the day, it really comes down to what Lawrence Frank and Jerry West and Ballmer have to say about it. Do they want Ty Lue back? That, you know, all depends on if what everything we've been hearing this whole season has been true about Lawrence Frank and Ty Lue butting heads. I mean, obviously, Richard Jefferson came out and helped kind of confirm what we already kind of knew that they've had a deferring philosophy on the season, but because Russell Westbrook actually has ended up up working out for the Clippers, and Ty Lue said, bringing Russ here really saved our season. As far as making the playoffs and this run we had, hats off to Russ for bringing it every single night. And he also said, the encouraging thing with our team, with Kawhi and PG healthy, we haven't lost a series yet. So it seems like Ty Lue still believes and probably wants just some minor tweaks for this roster, and he wants to run it back. Now, again, it all depends on what the front office really says about it. So, those are my thoughts on that. As for what I think of if Tyler should come back or not, we have all summer to talk about that. So, I'm not going to get into all that in this episode. But as far as Russell Westbrook, you know, he said that he's going to, you know, think about the free agency stuff. But he said, one thing I'll tell you is I love it here. I love the people, the fans who embraced not just me, but my family and close friends. I'm grateful and I definitely love being here. I'm a player that will make a mistake like anybody else. I'll miss shots like anybody else. I'll turn the ball over like anybody else. But I also do a lot of things that other players can't do. And I've done a lot of things that other players haven't done. He also went on to say he was in a better place mentally the moment he was traded from the Lakers. And he also thanked the fans. And and he seemed like he was very emotional talking. I heard the whole thing. Um, Russell Westbrook has been an absolute class act. Um, I was totally wrong about him. He was awesome in this series. It was his best playoff series since 2017. Don't let this past, you know, this final game distract you from what he was able to accomplish in this series and how much better I think he did make the team, you know, in terms of without Paul George, you needed Kawhi to get some help. And I think Russell Westbrook brought that. I also think he made the vibes better. And in my opinion, you can disagree with this all you want, but in my opinion, he's fun to root for because I know he cares, he's going to be available. He's going to play hard for that jersey and the fan base every single night that he puts on the uniform when it counts. You know, he had his games this season where he was lazy on defense. I will admit he did. You know, I think that the plays every hard thing has been a little exaggerated the last couple of years. But the fact that in the playoffs he gave his all every single game, that meant a lot to me as a fan. So I really thank Westbrook for that. And I I, I do at this point hope to see him back wearing the clipper uniform next season that's something i want to ask the chat as well or the comments please let me know what you think do you want russ back next season i think we'll have a lot of mixed opinions on this but i do enjoy rooting for him and if your your whole thing is you know no i don't want russ because i don't think he can win a championship but i want kawhi and paul george back i think that's a little bit contradictory because you know you might have a problem with russ's game but he's available kawhi Leonard and paul george they have their issues with availability and you know paul george people have criticism of criticisms of him on the court as well Kawhi Leonard is the one that's kind of proven been there done that and we have more confidence in him as the player on the court when he's there but yeah so much speculation um on both of those fronts Ty Lue Westbrook what's going to happen this season what's going to happen overall with the roster but all I know is this there's so much I can say in this episode um but I just want to address you the listener this is my last episode of Locked on Clippers this season in terms of doing a post-game review. 82 games and five playoff games. I did an episode for basically every single game except for when I was in Qatar. I missed a three-game homestand and I think two or three games besides that, so I believe six games in total. I did over 75, obviously, off the top of my head for sure. Likely over 80. And I just have to say, you know, the biggest thank you to everybody who supported my content, who came in video after video, but all the people that listened, you know, in their cars every morning. And you just don't know how much it means to me. You don't know how much it means to me, a fan who grew up watching the Clippers just like you as his own story, watching with his family, watching a team win 19 games in a season, win twenty three games in a season with so many empty seats in the crowd. Hoping one day that they'd see this team win a championship and that dream still lives on and the dream still is, you know, it's unwavering and undying when it comes to my life, of course, that I'll see a championship in my lifetime. But it's definitely becoming increasingly hard to believe it's coming with this core. Um, but all I wanna say is this season's been really tough for me. Um, I chose to believe again and be optimistic again to start the season. And whenever that happens for me, as a Clipper fan, I always get let down. I always get let down miserably and end the season, you know, angry. And, you know, it actually affects me. And I think that checking out and saying that this season was done in terms of our championship quest when we lost to the Warriors in March I think that it was actually it helped me cope through the rest of this season Because if I just kept believing the whole time, I think I would have been even more frustrated tonight and you would have seen even more hurt on my face. Um, I've even been able to crack a smile on this episode and I think in previous years I wouldn't wouldn't have been able to do that after the Clippers have lost and been eliminated in a season like this. There were nights, you know, before I got, you know, upgraded Wi-Fi and all this stuff. I was staying up till like 5 in the morning editing these episodes. You know, between Dime Dropper Channel and Locked On Clippers putting out as much content as i could just trying to be a voice for fans to relate to somebody who you know watches every game considers themselves a student of the game and tries to give their best opinion and well-informed take on what's going on with the clippers on the court uh you know you know what their outlook on the season looks like and all that stuff but it's been really difficult and i sacrifice a lot of my attention my time my money now Because, you know, I'm too old now to be getting my parents paying for tickets. Now, obviously, I'm the one paying for my tickets with my money that I earn. And, you know, I think the Clippers have the most loyal fans in the world to put up with his team season after season, the most unlucky franchise in NBA history, and that's a fact. And they play in a a city with, you can argue, I don't want to say luckiest. They've won the most championships, their most successful franchise in NBA history, just a polar opposite situation. You know, the amount of Laker fans I saw on Twitter, even ones that I follow, you know, victory lapping and just dancing on our grave. It doesn't feel good, of course. I'm, I'm used to it at this point, but it doesn't feel good to be second-class citizens in the city when you lose. It's 10 times worse. I just sympathize with my fellow Clipper fans, and I just want to say you're not alone. I know there are way more serious things in the world, but we really care about this stuff. We really care about this team. It gives us memories Um, It makes our day, sometimes breaks our day throughout the course of a season. We care so much no matter who's in the uniform. It's something that gets us away from what's happening in our regular lives. You know, it's always there. No matter what's been there for me, you know, friends come and go. You You don't always see your family, but one thing that's always been there for me is Clippers basketball. Year in, year out, basically every other night, whether it be Ralph and Mike or Brian and, you know, the czar or Jim Jackson, whoever's doing the call. Christina Pink, Don McLean, C. Mag, all these guys—you know—they make the experience better, and you know they do. They just—it's not easy being a fan of this team, um, but I wouldn't have it any other way, and I wouldn't have any other group of people supporting me the way we've grown from, you know, the last place in in subscriptions for NBA teams this season, and now we're at like twenty-two just speaks volumes about the fan base, um, how loyal you guys have been listening to every video. I just, I'm just, I feel like I'm just rambling at this point. Um, My point is just thank you. Thank you for supporting me. Thank you for making this first season of lockdown Clippers bearable, even though it was so unbearable to watch this team play and felt like a chore at times. But I just felt, I looked forward to coming on here and just saying what was on my mind, saying how I felt about the team in wins, it was amazing. In losses, it was still cool to just give my take and break it down, and hear what you guys had to say. And you know, I look at other channels; they don't all read the comments. I try to read every damn comment that you guys put on here, every single one, because um, I do want to engage. And and I think at the end of the day, the one biggest thing we lose, and the one biggest thing we're forgetting about all this, is and so I I shouldn't say we're all forgetting, but people forget and seem to not care about it, is the fans the fans that pay their hard-earned money to go watch these guys play and you know are invested emotionally in something they have no control over that they're giving money to just because they love this damn team no matter what i'll always be a fan of this team and this team is not just a sports team for me it's a part of who i am i love this damn team i love the fans most loyal fans in the world thank you so much for all your support but we're not going anywhere off-season content all summer here on locked on clippers and locked on clippers is free and available on all your favorite podcasting platforms and i want you to tell me in the comments what direction should the clippers go in now you can follow me on twitter and instagram at Pod subscribe to the YouTube channel Dime Dropper for even more content because I'm going to have a big video coming out in this season where I'm going to just let all let out all my emotions but thanks for making Locked On Clippers your first listen every day the age old proverb continues go clippers